Welcome to another episode of State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in Illinois. My name is Jason Gotch. I'm joined on the program this week by John Spataro, our Vegas insider. Ryan Fisher has the week off. So, John, tell us how you did with your picks last week. I was not so good, but fill the listeners in on how you did as far as your picks go. I did not do much better. I don't want to believe that I did so bad that Ryan Fisher decided to skip the show this week because of it. But if that is the case, I would actually have to say I don't blame him because I had an awful week. It started off pretty well. If you remember, I had the over in the Packers-Raiders game in Lambeau. The Packers almost covered this game by themselves. It was the over of 47. The Packers won 42-24, to but that was all I had all weekend. I came really close to hitting the total in the Arizona-New York Giants game. That was 50.5 points, and that came in just under at 49, and then I took a bath on the Bears game, losing both the Bears minus 3.5 and and the under, but we'll talk about more about that in just a minute. And then to add insult to injury, I lost my bet with the Seahawks minus three and a half against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Baltimore rolled on the road and I went home with a one and four record last week. It was absolutely terrible. The last couple weeks, John, have not been easy, I don't think, for any of the gamblers out there. I actually had the Bears as my lock of the week. What was I thinking? Ryan didn't have the Bears, I don't believe, as a best bet, but he picked them as well. You did. Uh, The Bears are one of the hardest teams to bet in the NFL this year. They laid a total egg in a game that I thought they were really going to be ready for coming out of a bye week, but they weren't. Their offense was terrible, so I had them minus the three as my lock. I also had the Bengals at home against Jacksonville getting three and a half, and for three quarters, that looked like a great bet. It actually looked like Cincy might win that game. And then being the Bengals on their own field and and probably in front of about you know 25,000 in a very empty Paul Brown Stadium by the Ohio River, in Cincinnati. Uh, The Bengals doing what the Bengals do again, falling apart in the fourth quarter and losing to Jacksonville 27-17, so I lost that one. I did salvage the Vikings laying anywhere from a point and a half to two and a half points on the road in Detroit. Thought the Lions were going to let down after that tough Monday night loss in Green Bay. Short work week for the Motor City Kitties, and indeed, Kirk Cousins and company did win 42-30 on the road in Big D Detroit. So the Vikings were my winner, but I did lose two bets, of course, the Bengals and the Bears, so trying to get it right this week. John, let's talk a little bit more, though. I want to get into this Bears team because this is a broken record for, I think, myself, uh, you, Ryan Fisher on this show, that they're so tough to figure out. But one thing that I think is apparent now, the offense is so bad for the Bears It's affecting a defense that we thought was going to be one of the better Bears defenses in recent memory. But when they're on the field 35, 38 minutes a game as a defense, even against a backup quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater and a New Orleans team without Drew Brees, it's hard to keep a team in check for that long. I really think that game on Sunday was a fan check game where you really have to consider if you want to keep watching this week in and week out. I don't expect Bears fans to abandon the Bears entirely after that loss, but there's just so much wrong with the offense. It's hard to even determine who's the problem here. Is it Matt Nagy's offense or is it Mitch Trubisky's execution? We may never really know until it's too late into the season. In terms of a better's perspective, they are favored again at home to beat the Chargers, but can you really say they are going to win with confidence? I mean, what makes you believe that they won't lay an egg on offense again for the second straight week? 
I'm just not convinced they can do that at this point. And, you know, Vegas must be loving the uncertainty surrounding this team because they keep fans and betters alike guessing every single time they take the field. And the, the only relief I have in watching this team is that we talked about win totals at the beginning of the year, and I took the under at nine and a half wins for them, which is looking better and better by the minute. However, the crazy thing is, I think the Bears can still make the playoffs but they have to turn it around quickly because the season is starting to slip away. I'm not ready to write them off, but we are certainly getting to the point where this entire season can be lost with uh, a loss to Los Angeles at home. And then you look forward, they still have to play the Chiefs. They have to play the Packers again. They play the Cowboys, the Eagles. It's going to get tough. It's definitely not going to get easier. And this season could get out of hand really quick. Great points, John. And yeah, you were on that under the Bears' win total of nine or nine and a half entering the season, depending where people were shopping for that win total, the book they were looking at. And admittedly, I had them over that win total, but I have zero confidence that's going to happen at this point. I have a lot of questions about Matt Nagy as a head coach. Yeah, year one went very well for them. They got all the breaks. But this is a team that traded Jordan Howard in the offseason, a power running back because he did not fit Matt Nagy's scheme. David Montgomery looks lost on the field as a rookie. You mentioned his struggles. Uh, Tariq Cohen barely carries the football right now. Mitchell Trubisky has regressed at the quarterback position. Uh, I looked at that second half last week. I was surprised they didn't go to Chase Daniel just to try and give the team a spark. And when Matt Nagy refuses to run the football, make any effort to run the football, and wants to rely on Mitchell Trubisky, a borderline NFL quarterback at this point to carry his offense. I've got serious questions about the head coach, not just the quarterback and some of the personnel too, but I'm with you. Uh, this is a still a hard team to bet. Uh, they're a four-point favorite against the Chargers. I tend to lean towards the Bears in this game because I, I don't trust the LA Chargers. They've had their issues this year, and I don't think the Bears are horrendous. They're around their own field against another mediocre football team. It's not going to be one of my best bets this week. But yeah, I like the Bears minus the four in this game. But with that said, I do not think the Bears are a playoff team. I think at three and three, when you look at the NFC, you, you have to add it up and you have to say ten and six is probably the minimum to get in the playoffs this year as a wild card in the NFC. They're probably not going to win the division. The Packers and Vikings are playing very well. So you have to ask yourself, can the Bears go seven and three the rest of the way? Uh, their schedule gets a lot tougher. They still got a game at Lambeau Field. Uh, they still got a game in Minnesota. Uh, they still got to take on the Lions in Detroit. So there are a lot of tough games here. They still got to go to Philadelphia next weekend. Uh, that's going to be a tough game for them after this game. So uh, against the LA Chargers at home. No, I don't think the Bears are a playoff team. I think they can cover this week. But uh, this has been a very disappointing season, I think, John, for Bears football. I'm going to hold off on making a pick on the line. I think that's just too hard to call, like I just explained, with this team, with this team's offensive uh, struggles. And I think the best bet of this game is probably the Chargers' money line. They are plus 175, maybe a little higher in some places. But I look at it as like insurance against the Bears' offense in case they put up another horrible performance. Like I said... I'm not necessarily thrilled to pick this game, but we just don't know what's going to happen when it hits noon on Sunday and the Bears offense takes the field. It could be another blowout, or they could you know, score 24 points and the defense holds Phillip Rivers and the Chargers to less than that, and the Bears win. I, I just am all over the place. I'm fatigued from watching this team after only six games at this 
point. So I think I'll end my thoughts with this. I think that that's the only thing that may be harder than being a Bears fan this year is being a Bears backer in terms of betting. And for that reason, I'm going to throw a small amount of money at the Chargers money line to help me hedge some of the frustration I could possibly have come Sunday afternoon. And if the Bears don't get their act together uh, against the Chargers at home, I'm I'm really going to hesitate to bet on them for the rest of the year. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. This is State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in Illinois. And the Chargers come into this one against the Bears with an overall record of 2-5. and five. The Bears at 3-3, three and three, but trending downward. Back-to-back losses to the Raiders. Then after the bye week, they got hammered by the New Orleans Saints last Sunday at Soldier Field in front of the national TV audience. Uh, the over-under in the game, 41 right now is the total. And then, of course, the Bears are minus four. And really hard to argue with you, John. It's a little bit of a long shot, I guess, to take the Chargers uh, you know, on the money line on the road. But the way the Bears have played, if you think the Chargers are going to cover, why wouldn't you think uh, they're going to win the game? So John and I, though, slightly differ on this one, and uh, we'll see how uh, that one works out as I will take the Bears minus the four, and John has the Chargers uh, plus the money line at the Bears on Sunday. Now, John, it's always one of our fun segments of the program. Uh, I say this every week, but I love our bet it or drink it segment. For our new listeners out there, the way this works is I give John 20 bucks, and when Ryan, our, our Vegas insider, is off this week, Ryan Fisher, when he's on the show, I give him 20 bucks as well. And each of the guys get the money to either go to the window and make a long shot play that I will give them the opportunity to make, or they can use that money to buy some drinks. And we know when you're at a sports book, uh, getting a drink or two and watching your games, that that's a fun thing to do as well. So, John, here's this week's play. It's a little bit of a stretch, but it's the Patriots' recent Super Bowl opponents parlay. The Patriots have been in the last three Super Bowls. We know that. They've won two of them. And they played three different NFC teams. They beat the Falcons a few years ago. They lost to the Eagles, and they beat the Rams uh, this past season. So this week, do you want to take, John, the Rams minus 13.5 points at home against the awful Bengals, who are still winless? Do you want to take the Eagles plus 2.5 at the Bills and the Falcons plus 3.5 at home versus the Seahawks in a parlay that would pay 6-1? to one? So Rams minus 13.5, Eagles plus 2.5. Falcons plus three and a half in a parlay that pays six to one. You going to bet this one, John, or are you going to go ahead and buy those drinks? I'm going to stand in for my friend Ryan Fisher here and try to be a sharp for the second, and I'll try to explain how this is interesting just because of the numbers on each of these games. The Rams are getting just under 14 points, the Eagles are getting just under three points, and the Falcons are getting just over three points. So we all know the most popular scoring amounts in the NFL <clears throat> We all know the most popular scoring amounts in the NFL are three and seven because that's how much a field goal and a touchdown get you. So it's like a a one to two score game in all of these games if you go off that metric. You know, two touchdowns is 14 points. Do you think the Rams are going to win by two touchdowns? And then a field goal separates the Falcons of the Eagles game. So it's going to be close, I think, in all three of these games, which actually makes me want to bet this because I like the six to one payout. And I think that if you look at these three teams, the Eagles certainly have to win after they lost to their rivals, uh, the Cowboys, last week. The Rams are kind of skidding and losing ground to the uh, completely surprising 49ers, so they need to figure some things out. And then the Falcons are kind of one of the most up-and-down teams in the NFL. They haven't played really well yet. Uh, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones are doing their best, but I'd 
you know, I don't even know if Dan Quinn's going to make it through the end of the year. So I'm going to go with the 6-1 to one payout. I'm going to skip the bar, head to the window, and get a ticket. John, I'm going to join you, and I'm going to bet this. I like these long shot plays. I've got to admit the Bengals scare me at the Rams, 13-and-a-half. The Rams may want to take out some frustrations here and absolutely pound Cincinnati, so almost getting uh, two touchdowns and two extra points. The Bengals still scare me, but I like the Eagles in Buffalo. That's a game Philadelphia definitely needs to stay in the playoff chase. And the Falcons... Dan Quinn's probably dead man walking as the head coach down there. And maybe if they lose this game, that might be the final one in his coaching career in Atlanta. But at home, getting more than a field goal against the Seahawks, I I think that one's got a shot to hit as well. And I'll take a chance that the Rams are in uh, safe mode against the Bengals. They don't want to name the score in that game. Instead, uh, they want to play it uh, closer to the vest and not show too much for future opponents. So I'll play it as well. I'll pass on the drinks. Uh, We'll see if we can make ourselves some extra money, both of us. Otherwise, uh, we might be drowning our sorrows with uh, some more of our own money. He is John Spataro. My name's Jason Gotch. This is State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. We come back. We'll recap our Bears pick for this week, our Bears-Chargers game pick. We'll also talk about a big game in the Sunday night contest. The Packers, who played great this season, are visiting the Kansas City Chiefs. Also, the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year at this point in the season, where the front runners for that award are at. We'll also do our best bets of the week. All that coming up right after this. Back to State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. My name is Jason Gotch. I'm joined on the show this week by our co-host, John Spataro. One of our other co-hosts, Ryan Fisher, our Vegas insider, not able to make the program this week, but Ryan will be with us on next week's show. In our opening segment, we did talk about the Bears and the Chargers. John and I both agree that the Bears are a very hard team to bet this year. I'm not including the Bears in my best bets this week, but I do like them minus the four at home against the Chargers. John's going to roll the other way and not even take the points. He says, hey, you know what? The Chargers are an underdog. The Bears aren't playing very well. Give me the Chargers on the money line. Let me get a chance to win a little bit of extra cash by betting the Chargers uh, to win the game outright. And the way the Bears have played this year, hard to argue with John's logic on that one. As far as my pick on the Bears, minus the four, I guess I just believe they're due for a bounce back and don't believe too much in the Chargers. But we will see coming up on Sunday. That's a noon kickoff at Soldier Field. But, John, one of the more interesting games in the NFL, I believe, this week, uh, the surprising Green Bay Packers, who are 6-1 and one with Aaron Rodgers looking rejuvenated under first-year coach Matt LaFleur. They will play the Packers. Will the Sunday night game in Kansas City against the Chiefs, who are 5-2 and two and were supposed to be playing this game without their star quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. But if you've been following the Chiefs' news over the past several days, Mahomes has been working out with the team, so his status for this game right now is not officially out. It's up in the air. And the spread right now, Green Bay's a 3.5-point favorite in Kansas City. The total in this game is 47.5. And, and from a gambling perspective, John, I really want to get your thoughts on this because – This is a hard line to analyze. With Mahomes, obviously Kansas City is a lot different team with Matt Moore quarterback. But right now, if you want to take a chance, put some money on the Chiefs plus three and a half, 
you might get Kansas City getting more than a field goal on their own field with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback on Sunday night. Now, it's two gambles in one. You want to bet the Chiefs plus the three and a half, and then if you do that, maybe you're also betting Mahomes is going to surprise a lot of people and start this game. Yeah, that's really what it is. It comes down to you're betting less on the outcome of this game and more specifically on the health of Patrick Mahomes and his knee. If you think that he's healthy, then you should jump all over this line of the Chiefs plus three and a half at home. Despite the Packers being six and one, they have a couple empty wins in their schedule so far. They beat the Broncos, which who doesn't beat the Broncos this day, these days? They beat the Cowboys, who lost to the New York Jets. And they cleaned up in the division against the Bears, Vikings, and Lions, which is pretty impressive. But remember, they probably should have lost that game against Detroit at home had it not been for the guys wearing the black and white jerseys. Uh, so getting them at you know a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Kansas City makes no sense if Patrick Mahomes plays. I think the Chiefs are ahead above the Packers in terms of being a complete team, and they have you know, one of the best players in the NFL right now in Patrick Mahomes. And if he could play, I'm going to pick him almost every time against no matter who's on the field, uh, unless it's maybe Tom Brady. But it, it, it's a three-and-a-half-point underdog would be offensive if, if Mahomes was, is going to play, especially in Kansas City, which has such a, a huge home field advantage to play down there. I think that this is an easy bet, but you're really betting on the health of, of, a, of a quarterback in this point. You're not really focused on the game. So if you want to risk it and you want to be paying attention to the injury report for the entire weekend, then maybe take the three and a half points uh, and take the Chiefs. If not, I would stay away from this game. I, I don't really have a good read on any of the backup options in Kansas City to, to tell you to go one way or another. Aaron Rodgers had a good game last week, but I don't know if he'll be able to do that again in Kansas City this weekend. I'm going to take the Chiefs in this one plus the three and a half. Uh, the regular listeners of this show know I have always been biased to home underdogs in the NFL. I think there's a big advantage getting points on your own field. And Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City is one of the best home field advantages in the entire National Football League. That place is going to be rocking on Sunday night regardless if Mahomes plays. You get huge value if Patrick Mahomes suits up. And you know Andy Reid and Mahomes uh, would probably be in sync here and want Mahomes in this game, even though you don't want to jeopardize his, his long-term future. However, this is a huge game at home, and if he's looking good in practice and he feels healthy and wants to go, why not play him? Plus, Matt Moore, the backup in Kansas City, is not a horrendous quarterback. He's been on a bunch of teams. He's not great, but he's a serviceable backup quarterback. And to build on what you said, John, Green Bay's got some shaky victories this year. I'm not trying to take away anything from the Packers because their defense has been good and they've gotten the job done when they've had to. Rodgers looks rejuvenated under Matt LaFleur. But this is arguably the toughest road environment they're going to play in so far this year. I mean, Dallas is tough, but I think Kansas City's a better team. The Bears have laid an egg so far. So uh, you look at Green Bay's previous opponents. This is probably their toughest game to date because it is on the road and a tough place to play against a good team. So I'll roll with the three and a half. I'll take the Chiefs and hope I, I get a lot of value on Sunday night. And Patrick Mahomes, their star quarterback, is in uniform and on that field starting the game. This is State Lines along with John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. Our Vegas insider, Ryan Fisher, has the week off. John, let's roll to something that we've been following uh, pretty much since we've started this show prior to the NFL season getting underway. The NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year Award odds. And it's been an interesting 
uh, battle for this Rookie of the Year award. Kyler Murray, a guy I know that you like coming into the year. Admittedly, I was somewhat of a doubter. Uh, you've been proven right so far. Murray's been pretty good for the Cardinals. He's getting better each week. Uh, Arizona's a 500 football team at this point. Now, Murray's even money to win this award. Uh, Josh Jacobs, the running back from the Raiders, uh, a guy Ryan liked to win the award, is now plus 200. Gardner Minshew, who wasn't even supposed to play this year in Jacksonville, but Nick Foles got hurt week number one. Minshew might not give up that starting job. He is plus 400. And Daniel Jones, a guy I liked as a sleeper with the Giants, seems to have taken a back seat in this award. He struggled the last few weeks, the, the young quarterback. He's plus 1,000. So at this point, John, are you still on Kyler Murray? You, you, you like that pick you had before the season? Or one of these other guys standing out a bit more? Well, if you remember the conversation we had at the beginning of the year, I mentioned how I thought this award comes down to usage and who is able to control their numbers. Kyler Murray is firmly the starting quarterback in Arizona, and they seem okay with letting him throw the ball 30 to 40 times per game. So he has the ability to put up the kind of numbers that are going to be required to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Through the first seven weeks, he has over 1,600 yards. He's thrown for seven touchdowns and four interceptions, and he also has two running touchdowns to his record. So he's building a pretty impressive resume and making his case to be the first QB to win the award since Dak Prescott in 2016. Now, Josh Jacobs is interesting to me because he has the trend going for him that a running back has won this award the last two seasons with Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara. Now, Jacobs is a little bit behind both of them statistically at this point in the season. But like I said last week, I, I think the Raiders are getting better every week and, I, and they continue to give him opportunities to make plays. So, you know, at plus 200, I I think that's pretty decent value, especially if Kyler Murray were to get hurt or maybe fall off at the end of the year and not be playing as well as he is now. I think it's a clear two-horse race here with Murray and Jacobs. No one else really is even in play in my mind. Daniel Jones is not winning this award, and Minshew's a pretty good story, uh, but I don't think he's putting up the numbers, and I don't think the Jags are really good enough to merit him uh, getting awarded the, the Rookie of the Year. He may get replaced by Nick Foles again um, if Foles becomes healthy and they want to go in that direction uh, due to the Jaguars. Completely agree, John. I know for Radio Effect, I'm supposed to disagree and fight with you, but I'm an honest guy, and to be honest, I think you completely nailed that analysis. 100% correct. Kyler Murray's award to lose. Jacobs has got a shot at it. My guy, Daniel Jones, no way. Minshew, I guess, if, if Murray were to get hurt, and the Jaguars were maybe to make a surprising run late in the season here or midway through late into the season to get to the playoffs or a possible playoff push in the AFC South, then maybe. But no, I think as long as Kyler Murray stays healthy and play at the level he has been playing at, he's got the award and Jacobs will push him for that honor. Now, before we get out of here for this week's show, John, it's that time in the program everybody's been waiting for, our best bet slash pick segment. We each pick three games. We give you our best bet. It can be against the spread. It can be uh, a bet uh, over-under. It can be a money line play. So, John, the floor is yours. Let's throw them some winners this week. I sure hope so. I sure hope some winners are in this batch. But uh, without further ado, let's get started. I'm going back to the bet it or drink it segment, and I'm taking the Eagles plus two in Buffalo against the Bills. I actually think the Bills are a pretty decent team. They've played New England better than anyone has so far this year. But I think the Eagles are angry and will find a way to get it done in upstate New York. I think Carson Wentz is feeling some of the pressure that Mitch Trubisky is feeling here in Chicago. But I like the line at plus two. I think the Eagles find a way to win somehow, some way 
in Buffalo. I'm also going back to something that I said I would not do again this year, but I really like the matchup and the line here. So I'm going to bet against the 49ers again after I said I wouldn't do it, and I'm going to pick the Panthers plus 5.5 in San Francisco. I like the Panthers coming off the bye, and I also like the way that Kyle Allen has played so far. So I'm going back on my word and, indeed, betting against the 49ers again just because I like the 5.5 points. I like Christian McCaffrey rested and ready to go back out there and continue his MVP-style season. And I like the way that Kyle Allen has them play, and I think that that's going to be an interesting game and very well could be the first loss for the 49ers if you want to bet them straight up as well. And my best bet for the week is the over in the New England Browns game. It's at 45 and a half right now. Jarvis Landry made some headlines earlier this week saying that the Browns were going to win this game. I don't know if I have that much confidence in the Brownies, but what I do know is that this is going to be a high-scoring game. There's a lot of attention on the New England defense and how they've been playing at an absolutely ridiculous rate, uh, such a high level. Everybody seems to be playing and clicking on all cylinders, but I predict the pace of this game to lend itself to an over. I like the Patriots to get out to a lead early, and then the Browns trailing all game and just throwing up the ball to Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. and letting Nick Chubb run wild. I like some garbage time points here to push the over 45 and a half. I think that's an easy number to, to hit. So I'm going to make that my best bet. And uh, to recap, bet at your own risk, as always. I'm, I'm not guaranteeing any of these picks, but I do feel pretty good about this week. Eagles plus two in Buffalo, Panthers plus five and a half in San Fran, and the over, my best bet of the week, the over in, four, in New England, 45 and a half points. All right, John has his picks in, and I, Jason Gotch, promised the listeners that I did not copy off of John's pick sheet this week. I assure you that, but you might think so when I give you some of my picks because I wrote these down before the show, and I'll say great minds think alike with the way me and John are picking the games this week. Hopefully we can deliver the winners. Uh, First off, though, I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Plus two and a half in Tennessee against the Titans. Titans had a big win last week. The Bucs were off. I love teams coming off the bye. It didn't work for the Bears last week at home against the Saints, but I think it works for the Buccaneers. Bruce Arians and company will score enough. I expect them to win this game outright, but even if they don't, I think it'll be very, very close. So give me the Buccaneers plus two and a half against the Titans on the road. I also like the Panthers plus the five and a half at San Francisco against the 49ers who have been great this season. Kyle Allen, though, has done a very good job filling in at quarterback for the injured Cam Newton. Uh, the Panthers, a lot more explosive on offense than I think a lot of people thought coming into the year. Robert Sala has done a great job, the 49ers defensive coordinator with that Niners defense. But I think the Panthers at least keep this game close. Wouldn't surprise me if they won it outright. So give me the Panthers plus the five and a half. And my lock of the week, John likes the Eagles, and so do I. John put them in his best bets. I'm putting them down as the lock of the week, plus two and a half at Buffalo. It's very simple. The Eagles are the better team, I think, in this game. They're getting points, and there's a lot of disunity in Philadelphia on that offensive side of the football after that rough loss in Dallas on Sunday night football last week. So I think the Eagles, in a game they really need to stay in the playoff race, put it together. I expect them to win outright, but I'll take the points at two and a half just in case uh, that they don't, that they keep the game close. So I got Philly plus the points as the lock of the week. Also taking Carolina plus the points in Frisco and Tampa Bay plus the points at Tennessee. That will do it for State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. We will talk to you next week. Enjoy the winners, everybody.